Mary Stauffer, Mary, here we go, Mary, Owen Sensenig, come on up, come on up. This morning we're missing Joe Zimmerman and uh, also Tony Vasquez, who those of you in the youth group know him. He uh, comes with a link from um, Hagerstown, Maryland for youth group. Uh, and uh, so we'll honor him on a Wednesday evening when we're together. But in addition, we also have Tyler Rittenauer, who graduated from the Dove Hopewell uh, School of Ministry. And uh, if, if, if you have, think you have excuses for not going to school, Tyler, in the middle of his uh, school year, adopted, he and T Heidi adopted two, adopted twins. And they had April on top of that. So and he still made it through uh, while working. Uh, working full time and and uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that that's what that's what we were banking on for for Tyler. At any rate, what I'd like to do this morning is, uh, if you would like to come and um, bless any of the three graduates, uh, surround them, lay hands on them. You can spread out. There's plenty of room here. Mary, you can come over here. I'll keep you close here, Owen. And Tyler can be down there. And just come on up and, and uh, surround them as we pray for them and bless them and lay hands on them, if you would like to do that. This morning, my prayer blessing comes from Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And as we graduate from high school, as we graduate from uh, the school of ministry, as we graduate and move on in different ways, the question often comes up, what is God's plan for me? And we talk a lot about God's plans, and yet they seem to be uh, sometimes so, um, uh, we've got a little crowd here. That's okay. Come on up, Solomon. There's room. There's room. I have to catch Owen because otherwise I'd, I'd have to be over here with him. <laughs> Remember this, Christy? Okay. Anyway, uh, so I want to bless those who are graduating. I'm going to turn around since <laughs> got more up here than back there. And I pray, Lord, that you would make each of these grads, including Joe and Tony, you would make their way clear that this would be a season of new beginnings, that you would direct their steps, and we thank you, Lord, that you have done so and are doing so. Lord, I pray that you would keep their footsteps firm and that you would be a lamp for their feet, a light to their path. I pray, Lord, that you would fill them with hope about what you have in store for them as they step out, as they explore what next steps will be, and not just the immediate next steps, but those that seem even less clear down the road, that you would fill them with hope, that you would go before them. That your glory would truly be their rear guard. Pray, Lord, that you would protect them and cover them and surround their lives as with a shield. Thank you, Lord, that you hold them in the palm of your hand. And I pray, Lord, for that protection that you would hold each one of them in the palm of your hand. And that that would give them security, confidence for their life ahead. I pray an impartation over each one, and we pray, Lord, an impartation of wisdom, an impartation of wisdom to discern direction throughout their life journey. I pray, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit in fresh ways at each step of their journey, at each turn of their journey. I declare, Lord, that your plans for them will prosper and that the gifts that you've set inside of them would grow and develop and flourish and bring you glory. And this morning, just a word for those who are here. Oh, and the Lord says, I am going before you. I am giving you clarity each step of the way. I'm giving you direction. I'm giving you provision. I'm giving you support. And with that, I am showing you that you can live with security and confidence, even as there are many unknowns beyond the, the step that you've taken. And the Lord says, you have an anointing in your hands, Oh. 
I declare in the name of Jesus, there's an anointing on your hands, both in the natural to fix things and in the spiritual to impart blessings. I declare that, Owen, over your hands in the name of Jesus, that you will be a blessing in both the natural and the spiritual. And Mary, the Lord has given you much favor and grace. And sometimes you recognize the grace more than the favor, but the Lord says, I give you both favor and grace. And everywhere you go, I highlight you in different ways. Mary, the Lord says, I highlight you everywhere you go, even as you try to stay in the shadows, even as you try to stay in the back, even as you use your gifts to serve under the radar. The Lord highlights you everywhere you go. And the Lord says, there's still much more. I will continue to expand your horizons. I will take you to places that if I were to show you now, you would resist because it's not what you have in your mind or spirit, but because of the favor and the grace that is over your life, those doors will open and you will go into those places with that grace and favor. I will expand your horizons, says the Lord. Keep pursuing me. And Tyler, you worked hard to earn this degree. And what you learned is going to be very useful as you serve the Lord, but the Lord says, now, 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 I will pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit in a new way. I'll pour out my spirit over you, Tyler, in areas that you did not study. I will pour out my spirit over you in areas that you have not had much interest in before. I will pour out my spirit in you in ways that, are, that will form you and shape you for what is needed in my kingdom, says the Lord. And there will be fruitfulness. In those areas where I pour out my spirit fruitfulness, I will last for generations. And I bless you, Tyler. I bless you and Heidi together. I bless you and your family as you move forward to this new season. I bless you, Owen, with that favor, with that blessing, with that anointing on your hands. I bless you, Mary, with that grace and that favor that God has given you. In Jesus' name. We have uh, a gift for you. Uh, Rebecca, will you give, get those and give them to the graduates? Lowell has the outline for what we're doing right now, so, oh boy, we'll go back to the old school paper. Uh, Chuck, do you want to say one more thing about Camp Impact? Uh, Camp Impact is right around the corner. Maybe you said something about Camp Impact. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Thursday, July 11th, Friday, July 12th, and Saturday, uh, early morning through uh, mid-afternoon, um, July 13th, we're going to have Camp Impact. This place is going to be transformed uh, where kids ages 5 through 6th grade are just going to take over and we're going to have a glorious anointing from the Lord, anointing from the Lord. And we're just going to just have a great time. So uh, there are registration cards out in the lobby. Uh, there are also uh, little index cards uh, for, like, you can hand out to your friends and stuff like that. 
the cost per camper is ten dollars ok and if you guys here in the good shepherd family know that your children are going to go please fill those out and hand them into doing in kendra before hand so we kind of have a little bit of a tentative head count but again thursday night from seven to nine friday night from seven to nine and saturday from ten to three in the afternoon we're going to have a great time you guys invite your friends as well thank you Alrighty. July 21 is a baptism and church picnic. If you're interested in baptism, uh, talk to me, and we'll make sure that uh, we get that sorted out for you. Monday evening this week is a regional prayer. at uh, This will be at Reamstown Church of God up here on Pouts Hill Road. I invite you to come at 7 o'clock in the evening, 7 to 8. And you won't want to miss this one. August 2 and 3, School of Glory with John and Jolene Hamill will be at Fox Chase. Uh, register online for that. And August 4, that Sunday morning, uh, John and Jolene will be here at Good Shepherd, as they normally are when they come through this area. And uh, you might want to circle that in your calendars. That's always a, a highlight for us as a church. All right. Dismiss. Oh, happy birthdays. Yay. All right. Who had a birthday this month? Raise your hand real high. All right, we are going to celebrate your birthday. This, is, this was the day the Lord made to have you born, and it's an exciting day because he has every single day of your life planned. And so this is, one of, this is one of the times I just really enjoy celebrating birthdays. So let's, take, uh, let's have June stand, so that way we can kind of see. If you were, your birthday was in June, let's have you stand this morning. All right. So are we ready, everybody? And how are we going to say this? Happy birthday. June birthdays. Is that how we're going to do it? All right. All right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, June birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Now, we, we celebrate all June birthdays, but we really want to honor Rebecca this morning on her birthday. If she would come up here, please. Please, Rebecca. Yes, you do. <laughs> and we're going to do, I mean, we're getting our exercise this morning. I just felt that all the women from little on up should come up here this morning and surround Rebecca and honor her this morning. And I feel like we're representing nations this morning. That it's not just us, but it is the nations, all the women that you have touched in many, many nations. So we are represented this morning. So all women, come on up. We're going to stand and support Rebecca this morning. Well, Rebecca, we are so thankful for you. I don't want to do this because I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, because you're not crying. <laughs> well, when you finish, I will cry. <laughs> you have personally given so much to me, but you have given so much to us as a congregation. We're so blessed to have you as pastor here. As women, we are so blessed to have such a godly example of a wife and a mom and a prayer warrior and a servant and a leader and an administrator and a grandma. <laughs> We're blessed to have you as an example. You set a high bar. So we just wanted to bless you with, you know, a perfect day. If we could give you a perfect day, what all would we give you? So there's lots of treats in there that we think will help make a perfect day for you. And hopefully you will find um, a perfect day. And we just want to bless you with some prayer, too.
I feel like the Lord gave me a tour through the Bible for you this morning, so I'm going to try to shorten it, but it's some scriptures that I felt like he weaved together. Um, This is out of Numbers 14. Then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses, and he said, we must go up and take possession of the land because we will certainly conquer it. Um, And then going into Joshua, um, all too famous but all too true. Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. A few weeks ago, we were praying together, and the Lord gave you a crown. And he said, it's to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort those who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning. And just going on in the second part, I said, okay, Lord, what did you give her the crown for? And he said, to restore the former devastations. You will renew the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. And I felt like this morning the Lord wanted us to anoint your feet with oil because the commissioning is, weirdly enough, you've come to a land that isn't yours originally. And you have come in and you have done some conquering. But the Lord has more land for you to conquer. So we're going to bless your feet that he will just give you wherever you place your feet. You know that's your truth. But he wants to breathe in you this morning a fresh breath of truth that it is who you are and what you're designed to do. And we bless the day you were born. And we bless you. I'm just going to bless Rebecca. Um, we, I've been in this church for a long time. I've seen her grow and helping me grow. She's mentored me in many ways um, as a woman of God, as a mother and a grandmother. Um, when I feel like I'm not able to stand up and uh, go forward, I know I can call her, text her, And she has always the words of God that he has given her to lift me up. So, Rebecca, thank you for all that. Thank you. Rebecca, we bless you in Jesus' name. And we release you as a congregation and as a group of women to walk in all that God has for you, in all that the Holy Spirit has anointed you with, in all that you're gifted in. We release you now in Jesus' name, Lord. And we declare over Rebecca that there will be nothing missing, Lord God, that there will be nothing broken, Lord God, that your promises will be fulfilled in her life, Lord God, that every place that she sets her foot, that you will give it to her, Lord God, for your glory, for your kingdom, for your purposes, Lord, that you will be honored in her life, Lord, we declare favor over her, Lord Jesus, that she would be one that walks in in such a high level of favor, Lord, that it would just defeat the enemy, just by bringing your presence, your favor into those places, Lord God, that as she goes to other countries, Lord God, that you would give her insights, deep insights into the roots, the spiritual roots of those countries, Lord, that she would be able to cut things off at the root, Lord God, and that her ministry would flourish in those places, her ministry to the to the people and to the women, Lord God, and, and to those she comes in contact with, Lord. We declare that Rebecca is a is a breakthrough warrior, intercessor, and a woman after your heart, Lord God. And I just pray that this would be a year of abundance in relationships, a year of abundance in finances, a year of abundance in, in, in pastoring, in ministry, Lord God. A year of abundance in their family. want to say thank you. What a group of awesome, amazing women we have here at the chapel. And the young ladies, I'm just so blessed with you. Being able to spend some time with you in the youth group. And you guys are amazing. You really are. Maybe you don't understand it, but, but I see it. And I just want to thank each one of you for your love 
For the blessings that you have poured down in my life, it's not just me, but you have blessed me in so many ways. And your strength is just amazing. And um, I just want to say thank you. And thank you for the, the guys, too. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to leave you. <laughs> you. You guys are all so amazing. Um, I just feel like this year is, uh, as I was praying, a year of favor, but also a year of releasing. Amen. I feel like the Lord is just calling me to do some releasing, uh, different things in my life, but releasing of his love for each one of us. So thank you. I bless you. All right. So now you, the children can be dismissed for impact, and we're just going to go walking. And um, just say hello to your neighbor or somebody that you haven't met before or somebody that uh, you don't know that well, and just introduce yourself. Good morning. I hate to break up the fellowship, but but <laughs> that might not be my gifting to break up the fellowship. But uh, some people do like us to be uh, on some type of schedule. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everyone this morning? 
Come on. I can hear better. How is everyone this morning? Awesome. Okay. Well, this morning, um, we're, we're, I think the first thing I need to do is I just need to de- declare that in this place, there's, there's no fear or doubt. Um, sometimes when I preach, I get really fearful, concerned, anxious, um, anxious even to the point that uh, sometimes uh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to share what I, the message I have even with my wife in the morning. Um, and I, I just want to break that off um, because uh, if what we have is rooted in scripture, there should be no fear. There should be no doubt. Uh, so let's just go to the Lord in prayer first and foremost. Dear Lord, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you that you're present in our lives, that you give us your word. Uh, and through your word, there is no fear or doubt that we can come to you and then we can rely on you and that you lead us and you teach us. And we just uh, invite you uh, to teach us this morning, Lord. Thank you that you use us as vessels to uh, speak your truth. In your precious name we pray. So we're on a journey to talk about spiritual gifts. Um, And so... um, I got to choose the one I got to teach on. So I chose mercy. Um, Sometimes uh, it's easier not to choose. Um, But uh, mercy was important to me because um, this is a spiritual gift I see in a lot of people that I relate to. Um, And so I wanted, we all have a bit of mercy in us. It may not be uh, up front and foremost but we all have mercy in us. Um, But some people uh, exercise their gift of mercy, um, and that's what they're called to do. And so um, we need to recognize that the Holy Spirit fills us with these gifts, uh, and they're they're all important to the body. When we exercise the spiritual gift of mercy, we're pouring into the lives of people in need. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to view Let me start over. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 12, 1 and 2. As some of you may know, I work in the healthcare industry, um, and recently I had the opportunity to change jobs. My new job is about connecting healthcare providers with insurance companies. Before I used to work with people, now I work on these connections. But it was interesting to hear the stories that of the people in these organizations about why they do what they do. Most of the private providers I work with are typically nursing homes. And you may say, how do nursing homes and insurance companies, what do they have in common? They're often at odds with one another. But if we start out at the beginning, sometimes we actually see they share some of the same stories. For example, St. Ignatius Nursing Home was founded by Father John, who cared deeply 
about the aged and poor in his congregation. During visitations, he would often be concerned about the living conditions that the elderly were in. He deemed them deplorable. Determined to remedy the crisis, he found a nearby house after making needed repairs in December of 1952, he opened the doors to all, regardless of race, creed, ethnic origin, ability to pay. And to this day, St. Ignatius continues to serve the low income as part of their mission of mercy in the community of West Philadelphia. I love this facility. I've been with the new organization. I worked for Kairos for six months, and I've gotten to go to St. Ignatius four times. In that community, I'm in the minority. But that's okay. The people love serving, and they love the people who we serve. And it's so exciting to see and be able to impact them. From their humble beginnings in 1982, with only 35 members, Keystone first started with the idea that connecting low-income individuals to care, medical homes, they could improve the quality of life. It all started when the Sisters of Mercy in West Philadelphia noticed the low-income individuals were going directly to the hospital ER as their primary care. To address this issue, they created Mercy Health Plan to help connect individuals with primary care to encourage consistently consistency and proactive care. These are their stories. They kind of sound similar. They care about people. You can see pictures of both of those organizations there. But I would lend it to these are also our stories. It's an opening of the heart to people regardless of race, creed, ethnic origin, or the ability to pay that create a mission of mercy. In Romans 12, starting in verse 6, it states that we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. At the end of that passage, it talks about mercy. And it says this, if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. As I walk around St. Ignatius, I see people doing it cheerfully. All believers are called to be merciful because God has been merciful to us. The concerns for physical as well as spiritual needs, it's not just a physical thing, but physical and spiritual needs for those who are hurting is covered by the gift of mercy. It's interesting, um, when I was asked to preach on mercy, um, I came across another organization in Philadelphia spend a lot of time in Philadelphia right now, called Mercy Life. And Mercy Life is a program that cares for elderly individuals um, who need to be in a nursing home, but they want to be at home. And the one thing that it does is they call it all-inclusive care. So it's all-inclusive. They don't have to leave their home, and they can stay there, and it's all-inclusive for them. And based on that thought, I thought about 
mercy motivated, mercy motivation being a life of all-inclusive care for the community. God wants us to come to him for everything. He wants to be our all-inclusive care. And we're the hands and feet of the body. And so we can extend that to others. The church is to practice, to be the practicing ground for our spiritual gifts. As we practice and hone our skill, that's a good language for Tommy saying, hone our skill. It will pour out into the community from the abundance. I'm not a big one on object lessons, but I brought one today because I believe that whether it's mercy or any other spiritual gift that we have, we need to practice it in the church. Alan's been a big component that this is the place where we can make mistakes. Not that we won't make mistakes, but it's where we can make mistakes. And that we need to practice here so that we can take out of the abundance into the world. Um, this is a bowl of water. And I brought along a sponge. And we often talk about how our children soak things up like a sponge. But put that in the water and bring it out. It pours out. There's a pouring out of the abundance of those gifts. As we practice them in the church, we can pull them out. And that pours out into the community around us. Not because of who we are, but because of who God is. You may say, Chuck, how do I know if I'm motivated by mercy? You may have the spiritual gift of mercy if you have a heart for people. You feel compassion for others. You're concerned with finding ways of showing kindness. One of the people that best exemplifies the gift of mercy is the Apostle John. He often referred to himself as the one who Jesus loved. One of the characters of a person gifted with mercy is love. And I believe of all the ap apostles, John might have wrote the most that we know about love. It is written regarding God's love, it is written, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to love the world through him. John 3, 17. Jesus did not merely talk the talk. He walked it down the Via Della Rosa to Calvary and gave his life for the sins of the world. We also talk about God's greatest commandment, to love one another. In Luke 10, we have the parable of the Good Samaritan. Some of you may be able to recite this by heart. It's a man who's attacked by robbers, beaten, and left for dead. A priest a Levite, the church at that time, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan takes pity on him. I never really spent a whole lot of time to look at why Jesus communicated this parable. 
But as I read the passage in Luke, I saw this. The parable, this parable was told when an expert in the law stood to test Jesus by asking, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law say? How do you read it? The expert in the law said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. The expert in the law didn't want to just, wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, so who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, which of the three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell to the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who showed mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. As we walk out the Christian life, we need to show mercy to others. But we also need to accept the mercy of the Father. The gift of mercy has many outstanding qualities. Which some are as follows. Those with the gift of mercy have a great ability to feel joy. and distress of others. They are highly sensitive of discerning of discernment regarding emotions. They rarely ask, how are you? But they kind of know how you are. Galatians 6.2 says, carry one another's burdens And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If you live with somebody who's motivated by mercy, you may be driving down the road and they sense distress in their spirit. Don't discount it. They're feeling a heaviness, an ache in their heart. Don't discount it. Pray with them. Hear them. Don't answer their question. Don't try to fix it. Number two, those with the gift of mercy are able to identify with others and to experience what others are going through. They have a special empathy and understand understanding for those who are under emotional stress. They have a great hope and desire to be able to help others by their presence and friendship. Those with the gift of mercy have a deep empathy. They thrive on close relationships. They often try to walk in the shoes of others but it's important to guard against taking on too much. As we walk through these things, it's about those that are heavily gifted in mercy recognizing this, but also that we recognize those around us and can support them in it. Number three, those with the gift of mercy desire to see those who are hurting relieved of their hurt. I want to first say, this is not always possible. They see virtually no benefit in pain, sorrow, distress, suffering. 
They want to see all negative feelings healed. And that's not a bad thing. And removed immediately. I'm a social worker by background. I deal with colleagues that they want to help others. They want to relieve people's hurt. And I'm not saying that's a wrong thing to do. But I believe that sometimes we go through hurt because of the choices that we make. And then that God can use what's in his best interest to bring us through those things. It's not wrong to want to get rid of suffering. Number four, those with the gift of mercy are very sensitive to statements and actions that may hurt others. They often react harshly if their friend or family member is rejected or hurt in any way. They may respond in defense and even anger. Sometimes we have to show grace. If they sense that someone is doing something that may emotionally hurt the person they love, they are very sensitive to criticism of others. Those with the gift of mercy are very, very, very sensitive. Because they have a big heart. They love people. They want what's best for them. They want them to be healed. They want them to be whole. They have a big Number five, those with the gift of mercy have an ability to sense genuine, unconditional love, as well as detect expressions of love that are insensitive or hypocritical. At times, they take on the wounds of others, and they feel their emotional pain. Those with the gift of mercy are very sensitive to statements and actions that may hurt others. We live in a fallen world. People will upset us from time to time. So we need to guard the sensitivity that it doesn't become bitterness. People often take a message being communicated differently. Number six, those with the gift of mercy have a great need for friendship. They need to be in a friendships that are marked with commitment and steadfastness. They do not have high tolerance, therefore, for friends to manifest a critical spirit. Friendships are important. A person with the spiritual gift of mercy needs deep friendships. Their very nature requires close friends and those friendships must be mutually committed, which is often affirmed through friendship, though friendship is important, it's not the number of friends, but the building of relationships that motivate them. But because friendship is so important, one must guard against being possessive. I have an example of this that um, just really spoke to me the other day. Pick on my wife. I get to do that. I did warn her about this. But um, recently, we have a group of friends that uh, we get together with. It was actually interesting. We um, we have a group of friends we get together with, and I have a group of friends that I get together with. We have a men's group, and um, some of those people are the same. 
So our men's group decided to get together because women aren't allowed in our men's group. Uh, we meet every other Tuesday late in the day. Um, originally, actually, it was at 10 o'clock in the evening so we could put our kids to bed. Then the church we were meeting at told us we needed to meet at 9, so it's a little sooner. But um, we've been meeting together for probably 12 years. Uh, and so we decided that um, we wanted to have a cookout so our wives could meet one another. Most of them have met each other before, but not that often. So we had a, a cookout, and um, part of the persons in our men's group, uh, part of them also have special needs kids. And for years, uh, me and Ada used to um, be part of a group of uh, couples with, uh, who are parents of special needs children. And they were when our kids were really young. Now my son Aaron is 25. Um, and they kind of help support one another. Um, so most of those people are part of my men's group. Um, and uh, we were meeting together. And so there's a bunch of people that we don't typically see. Um, and so we were socializing with one another. Um, we were allowed to invite our kids along, and uh, one of the girls was part of the group. Um, one of the kids that would have been young when we started out uh, is now Aaron's age, 20, or 25. Her name's Marissa. And she always asks, who are you? Um, and always asks, um, uh, what's your name? And she knows my name. She's known it for years. Um, but she loves to be social. Um, there are a bunch of people to fellowship with, but at one point, I remember my wife going over to Marissa and just talking to her and spending time with her. And, you know, some of us may say, well, would she know? My wife has a heart of mercy in that area to love on children um, and um, has taught me a lot about that, especially with our own child. Often um, when Aaron will have a problem, I'll want to instruct him, and he'll say, no, I want mom. Uh, and I've learned a lot from my wife in that area. But I just, I just remember Marissa enjoying that time. Uh, there were a bunch of other people there that she did get a chance to socialize with, but maybe not as much as that she would have. But taking the time to talk with Marissa, I think, was really important and valuable. Um, taking the time to talk with one another and care about one another is important and valuable. And number seven, those with the gift of mercy are reluctant to speak against anyone regardless of what they have done. The danger, of course, is that they may not speak up in time when they need to confront evil. Mercy must always be balanced with justice. God is always merciful, but he is equally true. It is equally true that he is always just. Our world tolerates, our world teaches tolerance over truth. It is important to guard against tolerating evil. A mercy motivated person desires to point people to the truth found in the scripture. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. 
rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Jesus was the embodiment of God's love. He was God's only begotten son. Entered, um, sent to this world as an expression of God's love for us. Jesus always acted in mercy. Loving ways, merciful loving ways to people in need. He saw and responded to the inner needs as well as the outer material and physical needs. He desired that we would reconcile ourselves to God, the Father, and explained and experienced God's forgiveness and unconditional love. Unconditional love. What is that? What's that look like? I have a story that uh, I feel kind of may show some of that. Um, so this spring, um, we had a rabbit build a nest in our backyard. In the nest, there were multiple bunnies. And my daughter, Davida, took it upon herself to protect them. I remember one evening, we had a brief hailstorm. I don't know how many of you remember that. But we had a, I thought it was a brief hailstorm. And Davida was concerned about the welfare of the bunnies. So my wife, who also has a big heart, allowed Davida to take a laundry basket outside to cover the bunny nest, protecting them from the marble-sized hail. So Davida headed out into the hailstorm with the laundry basket, and before you knew it, she was on her way back to the house with a laundry basket full of bunnies. <laughs> They're getting wet. I don't want them to drown. The bunnies did nothing to deserve Davida's protection. But she loved them anyway. We do nothing to deserve God's unconditional love, but he loves us anyway. And because he loves us, we exercise, need to exercise that gift of mercy to others. As we come close to the end here, I have a couple characteristics of mercy that I'm going to go through. As I head through those, I'm going to invite the worship team and the prayer team to come forward uh, as I finish up here. The characteristics of mercy are attentiveness, watching out for those in need, a sensitivity, which isn't a bad thing. Awareness of the needs of others without being told. Fairness. Desiring impartialness. Compassion. Feeling the hurts of others. Gentleness. Sometimes we need those persons to come along who are soft-spoken, tender, and caring. Yielding. Willing to give way to one's own desires and wishes 
for the welfare of others and sacrificial, willing to suffer if it will help another person. We need to take the time to walk in the shoes of others, share the gift of mercy. Sharing the gift of mercy is about being the hands and feet of Christ. God saved us not because of our right, the righteous things we do, but because of his mercy. The church is to be in the practice, to be the practice ground for spiritual gifts. And as we practice and hone our skills, it gets poured out to the community in new abundance. God sometimes holds out his hands of mercy, uh, hands of mercy to us. Um, and sometimes we just need to grab a hold because we know that if we grab a hold to him, he's not going to let go of us. His hands of mercy are open regardless of and fill in the blank. You've heard what some of the agencies said their reason was, but fill in the blank. His hands of mercy are open. If you feel that you need a touch from the Lord, please feel free to come forward for prayer. We serve a merciful God who loves us.
for a little bit longer, but feel free to go um, and don't forget your kids in the back. <laughs> 